0: Are you willing and ready to make the commitment to the Lord in order to walk an intimate relationship with Him? Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Life is Jesus Christ with Sean Paul. Make sure you subscribe to stay connected. We pray your life in Christ be supercharged with today's message. Hello, Sean Paul here with Life is Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Today we're going to continue on the series of developing the intimate relationship with God. But before doing so, last week we talked about, or last time we talked about, uh, misconceptions in developing intimacy with God. Um, The last part of that message I kind of skimmed over, the last few, Um, I really felt like it was important to kind of talk a little bit more so about the misconception that intimacy with God is only found in religious, ritual, or practices, and not in everyday moments and interactions. I felt like I wanted to chew on that a little bit more but make sure you stay tuned to this message because we're going to start into the 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 section of 11 steps to creating intimacy with God and we're going to be talking about making a commitment to the Lord our intimate relationship with God is um you know more based on a daily relationship it's not in religious ritual or practices and in many cases and many times unfortunately those Type of rituals are totally dead. It's God is not involved in those rituals. Those are man made type developed rituals. And I did share about this, but I'll share about this again. I remember watching a movie. Um, it was based in Latin America, the movie. And, um, you know, there's a lot of r- religious ritual here in Latin America. There's a lot of superstition tied to their original, religious rituals. So um, I just wanted to. Uh, cover that, but again, be very sensitive to those that may be listening. That um, this movie was where these men were crawling on their knees to the the doorsteps of the church, and it was a long ways, maybe a couple hundred yards, and they were crawling on a gravel road, um, blood all over their knees, all over their hands, and it was really an attempt to, you know, give repentance to God. To me, it just. That's not the way it works. And like I said, sadly, many times people are sincere about that. But the unfortunate part is there's nothing spiritual about it. There's nothing biblical about it. And then I'm going to share one other thing. Um, A country that I live in, uh, there is a practice where people come to see this wooden statue of Jesus. I don't want to describe it in too much depth because some people may pick up on it where it's at. But they come from all over, not only uh, the nation I live in, but also from all over of other countries in Central America. They come to see this wooden statue. And I really believe that they sincerely believe that the spirit of Jesus is there, that they're actually making contact with Jesus. And the sad thing is, Jesus is not there, you know. He, he, if anything, if they've made Jesus the Lord of their lives, Jesus is in their heart. And the sad thing of it is, is they are not realizing that Jesus is in their heart. If you make Jesus the Lord, if you say, Jesus, you know, you are the Lord of my life. I accept you. I repent of my sins. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to live for you. The Holy Spirit comes in your heart, lives in your heart. He's in your heart. Your daily relationship with God is is the Spirit of God inside of you by reading the Word of God, by spending time in prayer. It is not 100% driving hours away to go touch the glass of some glass booth and think that you're coming in contact with the Spirit of Jesus. You're not. And the unfortunate part also is there is just massive amounts of sales around this church They're selling candles, crucifix, you name it. So see, to me, it's more about tourism than coming to see Jesus. But there are people that are sincere about it. They will literally, they won't even walk straight to it. They will walk backwards to the statue and then they will touch the glass. And I witnessed some man touching the glass and then touching his children and crying and praying over his children again, very sincere. I get it. I understand. But the unfortunate part is he needs to understand that you could do the same thing in your home and have more of an intimate relationship with God in your home, in your local church, than driving hours away. And then I just want to explain this as well. I believe in my heart that we should be focusing on, and and, and, you know, if we're talking about churches, we should be focusing on finding a church that's with the Spirit of God, the Word of God is ministered there, and the Spirit of God is moving there, and people are being touched by the Spirit of God, then trying to drive two hours away. You know, and I hope I'm doing a good job in trying to explain this. Uh, Hebrews 10.25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know, like I said, I'm a huge proponent in attending church. I'm a huge proponent in being a part of your local house of God. I know there's a lot of people that are are will argue with me on that. I don't have time for it. I won't argue with you on it. If you can't read the word of God and see that for yourself, I'm sorry. There's some issues there. And if you're offended by listening to me right now on podcast by saying that, I apologize. I believe that we go to the house of God for corporate worship, to hear the word of God being ministered. Ephesians 4, 12, 14 clearly says, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. It's talking about the fivefold ministers of the gospel, prophets, apostles, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. Uh, again, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church of the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come into such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. I've been serving the Lord for 32 years. I am still not mature in Christ. The people that I come together as far as in, in church, we are still not built up into complete unity of our faith. So guess what? We still need to be attending the house of God to hear the word of God, to equip us, to mold us, to shape us, to help us become more mature believers in Christ. Continue on with the verse. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed, uh, tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. We need to be in the house of God. This is where we grow and mature in Christ. This is where we develop a greater intimacy in the Lord. And especially the fact new believers in Christ Jesus, you need to attend the house of God to be discipled. Now, I hope you're not feel like I'm browbeating you over the head here, but I'm just trying to encourage you. If you want to develop an intimacy with God, you've got to, uh, you got to, uh, you got to look for a house of God. You've got to be a part of the house of God. Amen. So let's go ahead and continue on. You know, this is, again is eleven steps in creating intimacy with God, making a commitment to develop a deeper relationship with God. This is so important. You cannot. Just say, Lord, I want to develop a a closer relationship with you, and then do nothing about it. You know, you have to make a commitment. I don't know about you, but I am a man of my word. I live by my word. I live by what I say. I'm very careful when I'm committing. I had two meetings with two pastors today via Zoom. They're pastors in Africa, and I made commitments to them, I made promises to them, and then I clearly told them, These are things that I'm not going to give you a promise to at this time. And I made sure that I clarified with them of what my commitments were. That's how important commitments are to me. And I believe that when we make commitments to the Lord, it is extremely important. So if you're wanting to make make more of an intimate relationship with him, I believe that you have to step up and make a commitment. You have to make a commitment to him and you have to make a commitment to yourself that you are going to do it. So that's number one. Um, Jeremiah 29 13 says if you look for me wholeheartedly you will find me so again it's a commitment that you're going to look wholeheartedly for God you're going to search for him you're going to look for him and you know to me it's something that we have to learn to dedicate part of our lives in seeking out God and developing a continued consistent constant relationship with him so A deeper relationship with God means more of an intimate relationship with God. So uh, this type of relationship, again, requires a commitment. Uh, uh, So what does commitment mean? So when you commit something to God, it's not a one-time thing. You can't just say, God, I'm going to commit my time to you to develop a closer relationship with you. I'm going to search and seek out you uh, and in hopes that we will develop this closer relationship. That's not a one-time thing. This is a constant consistent thing. I could tell you this over and over and over and over. I have sought God and I said, God, I need more of you. I need more of you to, to, to develop a greater relationship with you. I need to spend more time with you. God, I am not reading the word like I should. Please help me Uh, desire to read the word more so. So see, this is a consistent, constant thing that I do in my daily life. And because of that, the Holy Spirit is consistently, constantly drawing me to read the word, drawing me to spend more time in the Lord, drawing me to speak more to God. Like this morning, you know, I go running. Uh, I don't want to say every morning, just very careful when I say, but probably five to six times a week, I go running in the mornings. But I felt like this morning, I wanted to spend more time with God. I wanted to talk to him. There were some things that's going in my heart that I need to just spend time with him. So instead of running, I walked this morning. So I walked one hour and I spent time actually talking to him. Yes, I could have done that on the couch. I could have done that in my office. I could have done... I could have talked to God anywhere, but I when I woke up this morning, I felt like I needed to be with God that very moment. I could not wait an hour uh, for me to go out and run and then come back and spend time with God. So see, that's something that I believe in my heart. When you make a commitment to have intimate relationships with God, guess what? It's a daily thing that we do. We do it on a consistent, constant basis. So, you know, it means that you're devoted to him above all else in good times or bad times. You know, I posted something on Facebook the other day. I can't really remember exactly what it meant, but it more or less suggestive it was is you need to have consistent, constant prayer time with God. It's not only for emergencies only. So, you know, we've got to have this relationship with God, good or bad, whether you're having a great time in life and you just felt like things are going so well that you just really just don't need time. You don't have time for God. Believe me or not, that's how some people think. Or bad times, you're just like, you've really messed up in life, you've really screwed up, and you just don't think that God really wants to even be around you, and you just are gonna avoid him. You gotta run to God, no matter what, if it's good or bad. You gotta run to God. There's times I'm watching a movie, and God will say, I wanna spend time with you, and I pick up the remote and shut it off. Because why? My Lord, my Savior, my God, my Father, is calling me and saying, I want to spend time with you. So see, you got to be willing to do that. You got to be so devoted to him in such a way that you're willing to stop everything and go spend some time with him. You know, that you're willing to do whatever it takes to follow his path. You know, um, I was talking to my friend this morning. He's a a, a missionary in Africa and uh, him and his wife, uh, I've known him uh, for many years. Uh, he was from Kentucky. I'm from Kentucky. Uh, and I was just saying, hey, brother, you know, I know this, you moved, you're in a different area. Uh, He says, yeah, we, we moved to a, a different town and he was, you know, named the town. I said, well, where's it at? He said, well, you really can't find it on the map. I'm like, what? He says, yeah, it's, it's too remote, brother. We don't even have neighbors. I'm like, what? And so anyway, I mean, it, it was really interesting and I was just like, whoa, I don't know if I can make that commitment, you know, and I know this is not good in my teaching, but I'd, yeah, if God said you need to go live in this same area as He is, I would do it, you know, because you know if God told me to do that. So I'm just saying that you know I'm thinking, hey, I'm a missionary in Central America, man. He's like a super missionary because he's willing to give up even more. So you know, I like convenience. I like to be around a local store. I like to be able to run over the store and be there in five minutes. He's like it takes some time to get to the store. So see. I'm just saying we've got to get to the point in life that we're willing to do whatever it takes to follow his path for our lives. You know, it means being dedicated to your faith and living by his teachings. You know, I don't mean to harp on people, but I'm just going to say it. Unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of people professing the name of Jesus. But unfortunately, and you could say, you're judging me. No, I'm not judging. you. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth in God's word that if you're going to follow a life of faith and profess Jesus Christ, you've got to follow his teachings. You've got to be obedient to his teachings. You've got to abstain from certain things in life and say, that's not what a believer in Christ does, or that's not what a believer in Christ does, or or think, or watch, or or whatever it may be. You've got to abstain from certain things in your life. Amen? Amen. Um, you know, it means being humble and seeking his guidance in all things. You know, a lot of people have this propensity just to kind of check out and say, God, I've got this. You know, I've got the will. Jesus, give me the will back. You know, the famous song, uh, Jesus, take the will for me, you know, whatever it may be. And then people will say, Jesus, take the will for me. And then they Jesus has the will. Oh, Jesus, I want the will because I don't like the way you're taking me in this life. I want to... I believe that I have the better answer in my life, so I'm going to fulfill this area of my life because I think I'm going to do it better than you. You've got to be humble and just say, God, you can have every area of my life. So, you know, we're talking about intimacy. You know, how can you have a relationship with God, but you put a lot of uh, do not touch uh, signs in areas of your life saying, God, you can't touch this area, but you can't touch this area, you can't touch this area. You know, I know some men that are married, they have their cell phones locked and they won't let their wives open up their phone. I don't understand it. My wife can have access to my phone any time of the day. I don't care if she picks up the phone while I'm sleeping. Unlock it, she can look through it all she wants. I don't care. I don't hide nothing from my wife. But see, that's kind of what we do when when we're with God and we're putting these do not touch areas where it's like a cell phone. God, these are just areas you can't see in my life. I've got the cell phone locked. You can't do that if you're wanting intimacy with God. How is that even a valid marriage if you can't share access to a phone? What are you hiding? You know, again, I might be making some people mad and shutting the podcast off, video off, radio off, whatever it may be that you're listening to me right now. But how can you have an intimate relationship, a marriage, if you've got a lot of do not touch areas in your marriage, to me, is that even a valid intimate marriage? You know, I'm not going to question your marriage, but how intimate can it be if you've got a lot of do not touch areas? So it's the same thing with God. So it means putting always putting Him first, no matter what the cost is in your life. You know, I gave up everything to come to the mission field. I gave up a great career. I wasn't running for something. It's, it's, a lot of times the propensity for missionaries is is that a lot of times people will go to the mission field because they're running for something in their life and they want to get away from it and they feel like the mission field is going to take care of everything. That's not the case. Many times over, it magnifies a problem and it doesn't fix the problem, amen? So see, it's the same thing with God. We've got to be careful uh, in, 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 in that we, will, we just give him everything. And like I said, when I was going to the mission field, I just gave up everything. I gave up my whole career. I gave up uh, my family. My daughter lived in the United States with my grandson, with her husband. I gave them up. I gave up my mother, my sister, my church. I gave up everything to come to the mission field. Why? It didn't matter. I'm putting God first. I'm gonna chase after God first and foremost in my life. And I can tell you this, been here going on 10 years. It's been a blessed life. I love my life in the mission field. And I don't have any regrets in being obedient unto God. And I believe that that because of that, I am, I have more of an intimate relationship with God. So why do we seek God? See, we need to seek God because, because we got to have this intimate relationship with him. Because to me, when we seek God and we have this intimate relationship, we are going to have more of a greater understanding of who we are in Christ. We're going to have a greater understanding of who he is and the character who he is, and what he wants for our lives, and where he wants us to go for our lives, the plan and purposes that he has for our lives, we could have more of a uh, a closer walk with him. So, see, you know, when we seek God, we will know our purpose for life. I don't know about you, but see, I don't want to live a life to where I'm having no purpose in life. To me, that is a horrible type of life to live. Is is having no purpose. And I'm always wanting to know that I'm walking in the purpose that God has for me. Because when I do, it's a greater fulfillment in my life because I have a sense of purpose. I have a sense of being used of God. And so see, just like this morning when I explained that I went on this walk. Why did I go on this walk? I wanted to spend time with God. I wanted to hear from Him. I wanted to have I wanted to have validation from him that I'm walking in the correct steps to fulfill his plan and purpose for my life. And I believe that because of this walk, as a result of this walk, he further solidified it that I am walking down the correct path for my life. Amen. You know, so again, why do we seek God for intimacy? We were seeking him for a greater comfort in times of difficulty. So, you know, again, Uh, you know, just because I'm a minister of gospel doesn't mean that my life is a bed of roses, where I'm just walking down uh, uh, just this rosy life and no problems. That is so far from the truth. It is actually laughable because people might think you're a minister. You should just have this perfect life. That is not the case. I have difficult times, and I've learned that when I do have difficult times, I run to God. I chase God. I Get I get a hold of God in the time of prayer, in the time of reading the Word, in time of seeking Him. Because why? Through the Holy Spirit that He's put inside of me, it will bring great comfort. Amen. So see, you know, uh, finding inner peace when there's just chaos in our world. You know, I don't know about you, but it just takes no more than three minutes on Facebook to see the chaos that's in this world. To you know, go to a local store and see the nonsense that goes on. You know, we're just seeing in the news of just how people are triggered for the craziest things and for the silliest things. I want peace. I want inner peace. I want to walk in peace. I want to live in peace. So guess what? I find myself going to God more and more and his word and being in the time of prayer with him. Why? Because I need to have this peace inside of me because it's just a peace, a path that's no understanding. I will have a peace no matter what type of chaos is around me, I want that, and I find that by spending time with God. Amen. Seeking forgiveness from God. You know, um, I myself. You know, when I mess up, I just go to God and say, "God, I messed up. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for saying that. Forgive me for thinking that. Forgive me for for doing that. Uh, thank you, Lord." And you know, again, it is. I'm not crawling to God for forgiveness. I can boldly go into the throne room of grace and mercy. Why? Because he offers that. That is ours. That is ours to have. That is ours to walk into. So I'm not groveling and begging God for forgiveness. No. God, forgive me, Lord, for for messing up and for doing this. Boom, it's done. It's done. There's nothing else. I don't have to sit there and grovel and beg God for forgiveness. I'm in you know, uh, you know, experiencing belonging. You know, when I'm in the hands of God, when I'm in spending time with the Lord, when I'm spending time in prayer with God, it's me and him. It's me and him spending time together. And guess what? It's a sense of belonging. I am his kid. I am, I am Abba Father's kid. I have identified that he is my father. I'm spending time with my father. I'm in. You know, uh, you know, I just talked about witnessing the uh, world of craziness and trying to make sense out of it, you know, talking about peace, but now just trying to make sense out of it. Sometimes you see stuff that you just like, I don't even understand this, God. How could this even happen? How could this person even do this? You know, you see just, just unexplainable murders. You see unexplainable violence. You see unexplainable acts of just you know, uh, dishonesty, whatever it may be, you, you're trying to make sense out of it, you know, and because of that, you, you, have got to just run to God and have him help you make sense out of that. And then it goes down to marriage and family. Again, you know, we're talking about, you know, why do we need this intimacy from God? Why do we need to seek him, you know, in intimacy? So the next one would be marriage, need help, you know, need help in your marriage. been married for 37 years. We don't have a perfect marriage. You know, as much as people might see all the beautiful pictures we post on Facebook and all this great stuff we post on Facebook, trust me, we still snap at each other. We still say things to each other that might offend one another or hurt one another. We need help in our marriage. To me, the best place to go to is the Word of God and in the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit will speak to me many times over apologize to your wife. Don't say that to your wife. That was not right. You should not say that. You're not going to get this. You're not going to get the Holy Spirit speaking to you, and you're not going to be able to clearly hear him if you're not having an intimate relationship with the Spirit of God. So that's why we need to have the intimate relationship with God. Again, I utilize the Spirit of God in many cases. Just in my marriage, you know, I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, uh, around a group of people and I snapped in my life that wasn't correct and I felt horrible. And uh, my friend took me off the side and said, Man, I don't know if you're going to get mad at me, but that wasn't right. And I said, Brother, I really appreciate that you even said that. I acknowledge that I need it. Uh, I should not have said that at all. So, see, we need that. And see, if it wasn't for the intimacy that I have with God, I probably would not even have received that. So see, it's very, very important to have the intimacy with God. And then family, you know, I don't know about you, but I raised two daughters. They're grown. They have their own children. They're married. But you know what? It wasn't the easiest thing to do is to raise children. And how many of us know, and I'm sure you're all raising your hand to have children You need to have the Spirit of God to lead and guide you, to help you develop your relationship with your children and to raise your children, to lead and guide your children in the right direction. So see, we've got to have this intimacy with God. We've got to chase him on a continual, constant, consistent basis. And it requires commitment on our part to actually do it. Because if we don't make this commitment, I believe that it's gonna be easier to not do it than do it. But I don't want you again with me when I make a commitment. It's a serious thing inside of me. It's something that consistently speaks to me and says, you made a commitment to do this. Now you need to honor that. So again, um, I just want to encourage you to just step back, to look at your life, to look at the intimacy that you have in your life, and to say, Lord, I want to make a greater commitment in this intimacy I want to make the steps that's needed to have this closer intimacy with you. So before we go, I want to pray for this intimacy and to let you know that we are still going to be talking about commitment next time uh, as well. So this is kind of a uh, a, a series of developing and relate intimacy with God, but within it, small little parts as well. So we're going to talk about uh, making commitment again next time. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, I just pray for all those that are listening. I pray that they will right now just take the time as this uh, a radio message stops or podcast, whatever it may be, that they say, Lord, I want to make a commitment to you. I want to commit to a closer relationship with you. I want to find out how to have a closer relationship with you. I want to make the proper steps needed to have this closer relationship with you. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will lead and guide me in doing that. And as I do it, I pray that I will see this intimate relationship with God. And because of the result of the intimate relationship, God, it will mean that I'm going to be uh, doing greater things for your kingdom, that I'm going to see you uh, operating my life in ways that I never even dreamt that you would be operating. And then also, I want to pray for all those that don't know Jesus, that have not made a commitment to Jesus Christ uh, in their life. And this is your opportunity to accept Jesus in your life right now. Make him Lord of your life. So just repeat after me. Say, Lord, I invite you to be a part of my life. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I repent of all sin, And thank you that you're going to show me how to live this life through your Holy Spirit that has just came into my heart right now, leading guide me to a church that I can grow in you and be discipled and become a mature Christian in Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for watching. Stay tuned. We have so much more for you. Bye-bye this is sean paul here and i just want to thank you so much for tuning in my heart is that you find the life jesus christ has for you that you truly become fulfilled in him and make sure you subscribe and stay tuned because we have a lot more coming god bless you